Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post-production. I don't have any training in coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. This is episode nine of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Thanks for being here and thanks for listening. We're taking things internationally today. I've recently been contacted for advice by several editors who are either living abroad and are thinking about moving to the US to pursue a post-production career or that have moved here already from another country and are trying to build their network and find more editing opportunities. My friend, editor Sasha Dillon Bell moved from Australia to LA a couple of years ago and through a lot of hard work and perseverance was able to achieve his goal of editing feature films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. He's joining me today to share advice on not only how to prepare for making such a big move, but also how to start networking even before arriving in the US. Name one of five editors to watch by Movie Maker Magazine, Sasha Dillon Bell is an Emmy Award-nominated film and television editor known for his genre versatility and strong story sense. In addition to hundreds of series episodes and short-form projects, Bell has edited the feature drama Face to Face, directed by Michael Reimer, and is currently editing on the drama series David Makes Man by Oscar-winning creator Terrell Alvin McCraney. Not only is Sasha going to talk about the process of moving to and starting an editing career in the U.S., he's also going to share his thoughts on the importance of building confidence, seeking creativity outside the cutting room, and how to manage the emotional roller coaster we often go through when trying to find editing work. And if you feel someone could benefit from Sasha's advice, please feel free to share this episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I want to make sure to help as many people as possible. All right, guys, here we go with episode nine of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast with editor Sasha Dylan Bell. Man, good to see you. Sasha, how you doing, man? Hey, Ken, I'm good, man. It's good to see you. It's been too long. I know, right? How's your tea? Enjoying your tea? Uh, very much so. Thank you. I've got my uh, lemongrass and ginger tea. Oh, yeah, I've always got a tea handy. Yeah. Uh, from my accent, you can tell that it's part of my uh, bloodlines. So, yeah, I, I need it at all times. Well, yeah, next time you got to stop by the uh, afternoon tea with Hollywood Editing Mentor, man. If you're done with tea, jump in oh, and, 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 have, and, and hang out with us. But, uh, hey, dude, it's good, it's good to have you here. It's also just good to, to, to see you. Obviously, yeah, it's been a while. Um, and so definitely looking forward to our chat today. But uh, it's like I, I said in the, in the intro, uh, you are from Australia. And, and uh, you know, we met on a, uh, I was your assistant on a feature film, uh, The Assassin's Code. And uh, that's how we met. And then we obviously after that, the, maintained our friendship. And, you know, even though maybe have not seen each other for a while, but we still stay in touch. That's how it goes, yeah. Yeah, but I remember like when, when, we, when we met, we were on that job. I mean, you know, you told me you're from Australia and you were, you know, talking to me about your journey to LA. And, you know, I, I now talking to other people from that are coming from other editors coming from abroad. And I hear their, uh, the challenges that they encounter, right? You know, um, when coming here, when say they have a successful career, say in their home country and they come here and things are maybe a little different, right? Um, and so I obviously thought of you because you had that, you know, you came from all the way from Australia. And so I wanted to, you know, kind of talk to you more about that and hopefully you can share some of your knowledge 
and experiences, you know, so maybe other people can learn from it. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the on the podcast, man. Uh, I mean, I am excited to be here. Uh, yeah, look, Australia. Uh, I, I I've been in LA for like six years now. I grew up uh, on the on the east coast of Australia. Uh, first in Queensland's kind of where I grew up, and then I spent twenty years in Melbourne. And Melbourne's kind of where I started getting into film stuff. Um, I actually started as a uh, like a music video director, <laughs> and uh, I did some god awful short films that I'll never watch again. And um, yeah, I, I kind of got into it that way, and I, I found myself, uh, I guess, with a bit of a uh, a knack for for the editing side of things. And uh, before you knew it, I was uh, you know getting getting paid editing gigs and it kind of went from there it started in commercials and music videos and short form and then eventually it uh it started getting into tv shows uh documentary series and that sort of thing uh before getting my first feature film break with which was with um uh director michael reimer's uh face to face which was uh, my first feature uh, a terrifying, terrifying ordeal that was. Uh, ordeal is the wrong word. It was an amazing experience, but it was a really tough one. And I, uh, I, it was that film that kind of brought me over to LA for the first time. Uh, as, as you know, as far as work goes, uh, and I found myself traveling here on and off, um, you know, for a few months at a time. Sometimes on a job, sometimes just to kind of lay groundwork and laying groundwork look like connecting with people, meeting people, uh, figuring things out, asking questions of other people in the industry. Um, and yeah, like I said, six years ago, I made the move. Uh, it was, there was a process that led to that move and there's been a process since. Uh, I'm still, I feel, still feel like I'm going through the process and that isn't unusual. You speak to anyone who's moved over here from another country, they probably have a similar uh, attitude towards it uh so yeah that's that's my little mini story yeah so so quickly you found out that you did want to be here in hollywood i suspected uh i wanted to i wanted to see what it was like and so i started coming out here on my own dime you know just coming out here uh for a few months at a time uh australia has a, an arrangement or at least it did uh with the u.s where you can be here for three months without having to apply for a visa and so you know, a lot of Aussies do that. Will come out here for a, for a spell for three months and and uh, and just you know meet people and uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and through one of those uh, through one of those um, trips, I met another uh, Australian uh, uh, director, writer, director uh, Anthony Bowman, uh, who put Hugh Jackman in his first film, Paperback Hero. And um, I ended up cutting my second feature for him. He he shot it out here in LA. But I did post back in Melbourne, and um, and that again, it kept it kept this this relationship alive with uh, with coming out here. Um, yeah, and so it kind of led to where I am now. Were you aware though that you did have to kind of start meeting people though, like from the get go? You knew that. I mean, you already had that kind of like I, this is about networking. I kind of get it. Maybe it's the same process in Australia. I'm familiar with it. Yes and no. I, I'll 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 tell you something that uh this is this is from the heart here i guess uh it's not what i'm supposed to say i really struggle with that side of things uh i think you know that about me <laughs> uh i i it's not that i struggle with with the with networking per se or with talking to people per se but with the idea of going out to these big functions and meeting a ton of people and laying the groundwork it is something i struggle with 
so during those trips, I would do it. And yes, I kind of understood it to a degree, but I didn't understand it then like I understand it now. And even now I struggle with it. Uh, yeah. And when I say struggle with it, I, I want to be clear. I, it's not that it's not that I'm a hermit and I don't like talking to people. It's that the idea of going out to a big function where the sole idea is to connect with people and talk about your projects. Maybe it's the Australian in me. I find that very hard to, I find it very, not hard to do. It's just hard for me to stomach. So what I've learned to do over the years is to find a way to make it genuine because I, I, I respond to genuine, genuine relationships, not just out there in the network, but also in the edit room. And I really work hard at that, uh, you know, even in the edit room. I really work hard to make sure that, uh, let's say it's a director, that they understand that I am actually batting for them. I'm not just taking a paycheck. You know, um, I believe in genuine relationships. Uh, maybe it's the Aussie in me, maybe it's the artist in me. I don't know what it is, but this is this is how I've operated and I've learned to, in these networking situations, to find a way to make it genuine. And sometimes that looks like not connecting with large swarms of people. Maybe it, it's connecting with one person at a time and just finding a genuine, genuine connection. Um, how that's working out for me? Well, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 uh, but that's the networking side of things. Then there's the work side of things, you know, yeah. which is, which is very different. What was your approach then when you would come out here to LA and how did you network? Oh, it's, it's, it's a really good question. Question. I guess I sounded Kiwi for a second then. Um, uh, I'm allowed to because I was born in New exactly, Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good question because I, I guess I never looked at it as networking. I guess I looked at it as making connections. And I didn't see that at the time, but I'm seeing that now. So I'll give you an example. Uh, how I how I got onto my second feature. I went out to a dinner where I was invited by a, a director friend from Melbourne, who also lives out here. A lot of people, a lot of Australians live out in in LA. And he invited me to a dinner. And at that dinner was an actress from Face to Face, the first feature I cut. Uh, so I had a connection there. And uh, also at that dinner was a producer who I've become friendly with and done some work with. And also at that dinner was the director, Anthony Bowman, who, who I cut his, uh, that was my second feature. And it was just chatting over dinner. And I, and, 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 you know, just, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't swinging a big bat about, Hey, I've worked on this and done this and done that. And I'm, I'm amazing. Right. You know, uh, dropping names and stuff. I, I, I don't operate that way, uh, for better or worse. Uh, I know it works really well for some people, but for me, it just feels disingenuous and I don't feel like I'm giving, uh, that person an honest approach. And, um, and so far, I guess it's led to wherever it's led. It's led to features. It's led to shows. It's you know led to production companies that I've worked with, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I've been fortunate in that. Uh, you know, I haven't stopped working except for right now during COVID. But I haven't stopped working to most degrees during uh, you know during my time in in LA. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know if it's if, if 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 it's the right approach or if it's the wrong approach. But it's it's you know it's an approach and it's it's what I do. <laughs> and it, no, and it's your approach. It works for you. You you know you know what works for you and your personality. You know, and but I agree with you. I I, I think it is. You know, I think for me and it's like what I tell people is like the networking thing is is you know it's about building relationships. So you know 
it is something that might take a while. It's not something that just happens yeah. overnight. It's like you have to build a relationship. If you can build a friendship, great, you know, but I'm not saying it has to go all the way there, but I'm just saying like it has to be, you know, uh, constant communication or frequent communication and maybe talk about other things besides work and find out you have things in common. And, you know, and it's just more of a building a relationship over time. Yeah. What you said about uh, not speaking about work, I actually think that's key. <laughs> uh, I, I almost feel like that's the thing you do. You talk about things that, because I feel like in a lot of situations, most most of the time you wouldn't be in the room with that person whether it's at a networking event or at a dinner or whatever it is you wouldn't be in that situation if you didn't know how to cut to some degree to edit or to do whatever it is that you do in post production it's really them getting to know if you're a serial killer crazy person that they can spend all that time with right uh and i've actually i've actually diffused my own nerves about going into interviews just by saying that right up the bat hey you're in a really difficult position i've said this to producers and ended up getting the jobs you know you're in a really hard position right you've got to figure out which one of us editors to go with like how the hell do you judge who's a good editor based on their work how do you judge a good editor? It's not like a cinematographer. It's not like most parts of the process. It's very difficult to see how an editor did, unless it looks terrible, of course, but most of the time they are working with pacing. They're working with trying to save a performance or, hey, that storyline didn't work. Let's create a fabricate something from nothing. You can't tell any of that. That's the whole art. It's the invisible art. So I, I've often said that to producers, like it's a, you've got a really impossible task to try and choose an editor. So let's just not talk about that. Let's just talk about fun stuff and, and <laughs> or, or let's just connect. Let's just, you know, <laughs> let's just have fun with this. And, uh, and, it's, and, it's, and it's worked out, you know, because I think at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're dealing with human beings here. And not talking about the project all the time or the industry all the time, I think it actually it actually relaxes people a little bit, you know? Exactly. But I was going to say, uh, I feel like I hired you for the job that we worked on together and I've hired assistants since, uh, less on their, their resume and more on just the connection that we're talking. Uh, I just want to know that, A, you've got my back and that I can actually talk to you and that you're a human being. It's huge for me. Um, it's really huge for me. I, obviously, you need to be competent and you really need to know your stuff. But that kind of comes through most of the time in your CV. <laughs> and in in your case, we we just had a we just had an upfront, honest chat. I think at the beginning, as hey, listen, uh, you were like, this is my experience. This is what I'm looking to do. And I was like, hey, this is the kind of project it is. We don't have all the resources we would like this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And you were like, yeah, man, that sounds great. And we're like, hey, man, let's just do it. So kind of going back to your story, though, how was your, would you say, was your career in Australia? Were you, would you say, well established there? You had things where, I mean, had a steady career? Yeah, I was always working, but not necessarily on the sorts of stuff that I wanted to be working on. That was part of my decision to come to LA. I wanted to work more on, you know, face-to-face -face style show, you know, features, scripted stuff. I found myself doing a lot of documentary. I found myself doing a lot of short form. I, I was always working. But um, apart from face-to-face -face and then the real, and then the second feature, I hadn't done a lot in the, in the ways of, uh, of scripted, no. And that was, again, part of my decision to come here. At what point do you remember, like, when you said, all right, I'm going to do this move, go to LA? It's so funny you bring this up because 
I okay. So here's a very LA thing I've just done for the first time. On Thursday last week, I uh, I had a friend go, "Hey, what are you doing today? Or what are you doing Thursday?" I said nothing. They said, "Let's walk the whole length of Santa Monica Boulevard from beginning to end." Uh, so it starts in Los Feliz. It's like twenty. Uh, I don't know what it is in miles. Twenty three kilometers all the way to Santa Monica Beach. And as I'm walking down Santa Monica with her, about the halfway point, we passed uh, Westfield Century City, and uh, and I remembered this moment that you're talking about. It was on one of my trips. I'd brought my now wife, then girlfriend, uh, on on a trip with me. And right at the end of that trip, we're sitting at uh, Westfield having a meal and uh, and I turned to her and I said, I think I want to do it. I think I want to move. I think I want to I want to give this a proper shot. And knowing full well what that meant, it meant needing to get visas. It meant needing to start from scratch in every single way, uh, not really having a full appreciation of what that would mean until I got here. Uh, knowing I'd need to save up the money to make the move, do all of that stuff, uh, many unknowns. But I remember saying, I remember that moment because it was like, let's roll the dice. And I live by that a lot. I roll the dice as much as possible, as much as I'm, I, I'm able to in many areas of my life. But I remember this one. It was a big one. And I've got such an amazing partner. You know, she, you know, I said, would you like, would you like to come? I want you to come, you know? And she was like, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's just, let's just, let's just see what happens, you know? Um, and so we started the process of visas and all the rest. Yeah. Can you just kind of, kind of elaborate more on that process? Like what was, I mean, obviously both, obviously you have to deal with the immigration and, but also simply yeah. packing your stuff, shipping it, uh, you know, saying goodbye to people, uh, it, you know, having a job. I mean, all these things. I mean, can you kind of elaborate on just kind of all those things or, or stuff you went through at that time? Yeah. So once once a decision had been made, the first thing I did was I worked out some sort of budget. Uh, how much would I need to save and how many jobs would I need to have between now and the time I want to move? Uh, the, the move time was like, I can't remember exactly, but maybe nine months later. I don't remember. Um, but how much would I need to save in order to not work, to make the move and not work uh, for several months? Because that's probably what's going to happen when I when I land. I, I don't know anyone really and I'm going to need to survive. Uh, and then once I worked that out, I, I went about just getting work and taking anything I could get and just saving the money. And simultaneously going through the visa process, which at the time was tough. I can't even imagine what it's like now. I know it's gotten a lot tougher uh, in the last few years. Um, what that looked like was, you know, I had a huge body of work, which was awesome. So basically, it, it means getting certain things. Certainly, you have to you have to show that you are that you have a lot of work behind you and that you are the kind of visa I was going for, uh, that you are an extraordinary person in the industry that you are going in for. In my case, I was coming over here as an editor. I had to show that I'd, I was an extraordinary person and that would bring me over here. That also meant I would need to get a bunch of references. Written references by uh, well-known people in the industry was ideal. Uh, thankfully, I'd worked with a handful and I was friends with other people. I've that's I know people who I know many people who have moved over here and they've got varying degrees of uh, experience. So if someone is thinking about coming over here and they don't have their first feature, you can still do it for sure. Uh, it, well, at least 
uh, again, I don't know how it looks right now, but uh, it's just about painting the picture that you are extraordinary at what you do. There are other ways of coming over. I should point that out. I know several editors who are, you know, they work on big studio features and they were kind of brought over here from those features and they were able to get into the union, which is another huge, huge thing I'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, getting getting the visa uh, getting the visa sorted was it took probably several months to do, uh, maybe even longer. Uh, and it, and once once it was approved, it was like a huge huge relief, and I knew that I could actually make the move. Uh, once I got here, my first port of call was finding a place to live with no credit card, uh, with no credit card. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm the perfect, I'm the perfect person for banks in Australia. But no one knew me here, so I had no credit. Uh, what do you call it? Credit. I had no credit history. <laughs> That's <laughs> no credit history, uh, and you know, trying to find an apartment and all the rest. And it, and it was just a process of of reaching out to people. There's a great resource for Australians. I'm sure there are equivalents to other countries uh, on Facebook called Australians in LA. And just any question about anything you could possibly have was on there. Hey, what car insurance can I get? How can I get a car if I don't have credit uh, history? You know, which which dealerships will be friendly to that? Um, any kind of question, uh, you know. And I, I learned a lot through that. So getting my getting my apartment sorted, getting transport sorted, uh, and then going about how do I get into the guild? Because uh, you know you can't work scripted anything without without being uh, in the guild. Uh, and it's and it's the same for um, it's the same for anyone wanting to get into the guild, of course. But having ten to fifteen years of experience and then being basically at ground zero with with high school students was. That was a that was a that was a blow to my ego, I'll tell you. And um, and I had to work several years or however long it was uh, doing you know non scripted you know work and that sort of thing, so I could get the hours up, the days up uh, to get into the union. Um, and I remember it was a really exciting day when I finally joined. Yeah, the, the work doesn't translate. No, so you had to start. Zero. You really had to start zero. from getting. From, from scratch. From scratch. And again, it's not the same for everybody. This was what was true for me. If uh, Again, I know editors who have come over here and they've almost been sponsored by a studio. So, you know, they might have done, you know, a Star Wars film back in Australia or whatever it is. And then they'll come, come here and then the studio will want them. So uh, I don't know how it works exactly. All I know is that it's easier for certain people than it is for others. But Speaking to the general people who are looking to come over here, they'd probably have to go through something similar if they're looking to get union jobs. If they're not, there's plenty of non-union jobs, as you know, in 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 uh, in LA. There's tons. Uh, but for me, I wanted to work uh, scripted, and so you aren't going to get a scripted job of any kind of uh, repute. Is that a word? I'm, I'm going to say it's a word. Uh, <laughs> any kind of repute uh, without having uh, without being in the union. And uh, so that was that was my first. That was like my first. Once I arrived here, that was my first um, industry focus. I was like, all right, I need to get the hours up. I need to get the days up. Whatever it takes. So yeah. And of course, then there's dealing with agents and all of the rest. You know, there's there's a lot to it. So then you you are able to join the union, or, and now you're out there. Okay, I'm ready to work. What was then kind of your experiences after that for the next? 
you know, <laughs> however, you know, months, years or. No, you know what it's like, man. You, you know, you get the union card and then the studios start banging down your doors and oh, giving yeah. you hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typically, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, just the same old story for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it. I mean, you know, you know, and many of your listeners know exactly what that's like. It's, it's, uh, it's, you have, you have good months, you have bad months uh, or tough months, but you're always hustling. And what I've learned over the years, connecting with all kinds of people, not just people in post production, but, and not just people in the industry, directors, producers, even other artists, is that the hustle actually never stops. I know people who, you know, I, I worked on a show recently where, you know, with Oscar winners and I know that they were hustling, you know, hustling their tail off to get just resources that they needed to to make something that they wanted to make. And it's I don't think it ever stops. It certainly gets easier in certain areas, but, uh, you know, you might go through dry spells. And so that's kind of it's really terrifying on one hand. It's actually really comforting on another because it, it shows that, you are doing the right thing. You just have to keep keep at it, just like everybody else. And that might sound exhausting to someone or overwhelming to someone who's really right at the beginning of it all, but every single person who was at the top was at the beginning. And some people got bigger breaks than others, but I feel like I can only speak to my experience and I've had, I've had a hustle every step of the way and it – and it starts small. And before you know, and you always, you, you, you go in with focus and you go in and you say, I'm going to do good work. I'm going to do great work. I'm going to really give it my everything. And you do that enough times, people really start to notice. At least that's my experience. And then they start recommending you, you know. Right. In terms of networking, I feel like you are an amazing example of that. I, I see what you do and have done and continue to do uh, through all kinds of manner, and, and, and it always impresses me. You know. Well, thanks, man. So anyone, anyone wanting to learn needs to reach out to Akeem. He's, <laughs> he's the man. Well, you know, but the thing is, it's like it's something that I I did not like say have you know my entire career. Like, it really was not something that I truly, truly understood till I got to LA and tried to make the transition to scripted. It took practice to kind of get comfortable with it. You know, I mean, one of the things I did, I would, I, I, I volunteered with like a certain, you know, post group and I volunteered by being at the registration table. And so that would force me to talk to every single person. Like I had to talk to every person because they came through the registration table, you know? So like mm. I made a conscious effort to be like, all right, I'm going to set myself up and or put myself in this situation so that I can actually practice just simply not even networking, just simply talking to people. Uh, I agree. And by the way, uh, I think that your idea of, of, of putting yourself in that position uh, is it's, 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 it's perfect. It's the perfect way to get practice, but also to meet people and start being a familiar face. I did something similar in Australia. Uh, I, 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 we have, we have like an editor's guild there and I became part of the committee and that, and that overnight, just changed where I was in the industry, you know? Totally. Um, yeah, it's, it's great, man. It's really, really great, great advice. I was going to ask you, though, was it a shock, I guess, when you came to the U.S. and you went through the whole union process and then, and then you know, were kind of out there hustling, trying to find work? And was that something that you expected? And you're like, I know what I'm getting in, into, or did you kind of discover it when you were here? I think I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, if, if I'd known what a hassle it was going to be, 
maybe I wouldn't have even come. I don't know. Uh, and and that's you hear that sort of thing all the time. I I'm glad I didn't know. Uh, I'm, I'm I still don't know an enormous amount, and I'm glad I don't know because it would just overwhelm me. Uh, that is, I don't say that to kind of put people off. It's more you take it a day at a time. And is it shocking? Uh, it's not shocking so much as it is. Uh, it's it's like running a marathon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So so it didn't shock me. It was just like, oh man! And now I've got to deal with this. All right, let's just get to it and just do this now. You know, the the, the guild is the perfect example of that. Like it's it was it was whew, that was a that was a slog, just getting into the union and and having all that experience and 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 literally being told by the, by union reps. Yeah, no, none of that experience means anything. Sorry. I, and I get the reasoning for it, by the way. It's uh, there to protect its members, and, and I respect that. Um, but from a personal uh, perspective, it was, it was a tough, tough slog. So kind of, you know, what kind of emotions did you go through, in, in, you know, during those, I guess, first couple of years? I mean, uh, did you ever think of, say, pulling the plug, going back um, and... and and uh, kind of second guessing maybe the choice you made, and maybe even yourself as a, <laughs> as a you know as an editor, because I certainly at one point I'm like, dude, I don't even maybe I suck, and you know I can't don't have what it takes to make it. You know, it's all these things just went through my mind. It was it was it was crazy to even think about those those moments, you know. But there were so many things that were running, that were running through my mind at that time. What what about now? What about now? I mean, you've been here for how many years now? I've been here in LA. It'll be uh, four years in this Christmas. And you're doing great for four years. It's really great, man. Uh, so, how are you feeling about that now? I'm going to flip this interview over to you <laughs> hey, now. Hey, what's going on here, man? Uh, <laughs> no, man. I, you know, I no, totally. I mean, the the fact that now the the idea that people are looking to me for advice. I mean, I never thought. No way did I ever imagine that I would be in that position. I mean, I understand. Yeah, of course. Like work at any moment could. You know, I could. I could not, I cannot find work. Maybe, you know, like those things will happen. I mean, I mean, but I certainly feel more, uh, a little bit more confident, more secure, more stable. Although I, I again, anything can, you never know what's going to happen, but just yeah. the fact that now that I can give advice, you know, I'm on the other side of it is I never, I never thought that that was going to happen while I was here, let alone not even say get a job and scripted, but like this now that I can actually tell people, Hey, maybe you can do this to get in. Never imagined that. What happened? So now I feel much more comfortable. Good. Yeah. No, it's, I think, I think it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Uh, you might go through a period, and to answer your question, I, I, this is true for me as well. You might go through a period where uh, a year or two might pass, and then just something happens. Maybe you, maybe you, maybe you don't get the job you really, really want, or maybe some time passed, you haven't worked for a while, whatever it is. And then you go through that, uh, you go through that same process um, uh, of feeling like, Am I good enough? Uh, am I ever going to get through this? I don't think it actually ever goes away. <laughs> this is what I was trying to refer. Uh, I mean, it, I, I, again, I don't say this to be like daunting. It's more of a. I, I look at it as a as a as a source of comfort because it's like as is what I was alluding to before with directors who have been you know in the business for 20, 40 years, some of them, and they're still looking for their next project. Uh, and these are some big established people. And it's the same with uh, editors. Like it's, it's true, true for me to answer your question. It's true for me. I go through good times where I'm just on fire, and then I'll go through dry spells, uh, whether it's creatively, or it's um, 
or it's uh, or it's a dry spell, you know, work wise, or or I just can't seem to get the next scripted job going, or whatever it is. And then I'm on fire again. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I understand. I go in and out of it, man. I mean, you know, just because I say that I I feel I'm just saying I'm comparing it to when I first got here because you know I feel much more comfortable now. Uh, sure. You know, I mean, like I said, I had moments of I wanted to. I was looking for Plan B. Like I'm like, this is not going to work out. There's so many unknowns. There's so many unknowns. You have that idea because you heard it somewhere that you need to be here. You need all this experience. You need to know all the right people. You need to have an agent. You need, you need, you need, you need. Truth is, every single person who is in the industry had to start at the bottom. And even those who are in the industry and working it are still hustling. And they might they might go for a period where they don't have work. It's It's true for everyone. Everyone's in the same boat. Just some people are on fire at some points, and uh, and uh, and, uh, and are struggling at others. And it's and it's uh, it's the way the industry goes. And the, the the sooner you become comfortable with the idea of that, I think the the more confidence you just have as a baseline. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. No. It's, that's it. And and just and do good work whenever you do whenever you work. Do the best work you possibly can, and that'll also give you confidence because even when the industry isn't happening for you, you can at least say, "All right." I may not know what the hell I'm doing in the business, but if someone eventually says yes and I get into that editing bay, I'll at least know that I can do some good work. Totally. And by the way, nothing. And there's by the way, there's nothing wrong with feeling terrified in that editing editing bay either. But the more times you do it, right? <laughs> so what, um, when you're here now in LA, I mean, like, what then do you start? Where do you things kind of start turning around, and you start getting a little bit more comfortable? You start seeing getting some traction. Um, what things are you doing then to kind of then say to be out there hustling and, and making connections and getting them on projects, say maybe that you want to work on? That's a great question. I feel like I've gone through stages. Uh, so at the beginning, I worked on just the logistics of getting here, establishing myself in the union, et cetera. Then I worked on getting an agent and then I, I got the occasional job but very far between the kinds of jobs that I wanted to be doing. Um, uh, uh, during that time, I again, I'm always working. I, I, I'm very fortunate in that I, I've done work for several production companies here in LA. They like my work. They keep asking me back. That's a great thing to have in the back of your pocket, uh, you know, production companies creating TV shows and that sort of thing. Uh, the next stage for me uh, came when I decided to uh, – really start connecting with people again. I think if, if, if I'm being completely frank, I went through a period where I, uh, where I really started to just shut down just, you know, on a personal level, I, I wasn't connecting with a lot of people. I think I'd spent too many hours in the edit bay and <laughs> forgot what the real world was like. Um, and, uh, and I, I made a decision. I'm going to start connecting with people again. And what that's, what that started as was, uh, I created a list of everyone I know. And I started reaching out to them. It wasn't asking them for anything. It was just like, hey, man, how are you? Uh, hey, you know, if, even if it's a producer and I don't have a friendly relationship and just a connection just to say, hey, uh, you know, I was watching this movie that you produced the other day and, you know, it just made me think of you. I hope everything's well. I hope the family's doing well. And that, that kind of, that was my next stage and it, that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm, I'm well into that stage of just connecting with people again. I find that I'm a lot happier and I'm starting to be, I guess I'm starting to be on people's minds again. But to be honest, I didn't do it 
to specifically network was just for me. It was a, it was, it was just an honest to God, you know, honest to God human thing. <laughs> uh, and that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, yeah, working on, working on, uh, working on just really fostering the relationships I have and meeting new people as well. Totally, of course. I mean, we're definitely going to want to talk about, obviously, the, the, the stuff you worked on. Um, but before we get there, I mean, what would you, you know, cause the, the thing is, is uh, I've been talking to people now, like I said, or mentioned earlier, that are editors coming from abroad, that maybe they had a steady work or a successful, successful editing career in their home countries. And, you know, either whether it be scripted or commercials, whatever, right? And then they, they get here and then they just simply don't um, know what to do, how to get work pretty much, right? Yeah. Being that someone that, that went through that experience, I mean, what is some advice that you can give someone that's moving from another you know part of the world? Uh, what can they do, say, before making the move? Mm -hmm. And then what can they do here once they land in the US? Okay. Uh, I would say before before the move... Reach out to every single person you know. It sounds cliche, but reach out to everyone you know. If you know people who are already here in LA, reach out to them. Are they a PA on the set, on the set and you want to be an editor? Still reach out to them. They might know people that are worth connecting with when you land. Uh, reach out to anyone who who might be able to connect you with someone. And and it doesn't need to be in, in an ugly way like, hey, I want a job from you. Just to connect with people and learn the lay of the land. If you don't know anyone in LA... Then start joining Facebook groups, start reaching out to people, start getting just asking questions and becoming a presence, just like you did when you turned up uh, that, you you know, you were, um, uh, you know, at those events and you were, you were meeting people, same sort of thing. When they, when you, you know, you set up meetings and you, or you set up just coffee dates or you set up, hey, can I pick your brain for five minutes? Or maybe it's just a quick question of, hey, listen, I'm coming to LA, I don't, you know, for the first time. I don't know what the hell's up. I'd love to just ask you a, quest a few questions uh, about uh, your experience. And by the way, I get those sorts of calls all the time. Uh, and I'm sure you do as well from people, you know, moving into state and whatever. Um, when they get here, then you're, then you're faced with, okay, now I need to pay the bills and now I need to start laying some groundwork to getting the kinds of work that I want to get. And, uh, Again, it's about connecting with anyone who might be able to, uh, you know, give you some sort of work. It doesn't matter what it is to begin with, I'm, I'm going to guess, unless you've got quite a, a saving, you know, quite a lot in savings. In my case, I reached out to a bunch of producers uh, and, and, and a lot of them were um, very thin connections. They weren't even like I didn't really know them that well. Uh, and I did it enough where one led to a production company, which I ended up doing a ton of work for. But I wouldn't have been doing a ton of work for them had I not done an amazing job that first day. I wowed them and I made sure I wowed them. Uh, how did I do that? I busted my ass. I really, all, all the tricks and I really worked fast. And you do that enough times, you're going to start getting more and more jobs. And, uh, Yes, I guess it is just about connecting with people. No, totally. I mean, that's something. I mean, it, it, the bottom line, I mean, it, you know, it, it, coming from Australia, from, you know, Japan, from Mexico, it's the same thing. Yeah. It is relationships. It doesn't matter what you're from, what language you speak. I mean, it's the same idea. It's, 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 it's building relationships. <laughs> it is. It is. And it doesn't need to be that you, if you don't have relationships, they can be developed. It just, you know, it doesn't have to be the typical, 
hey, I went to a big Hollywood party and I had this conversation and my whole life changed overnight. It doesn't necessarily happen. In fact, it never happens that way. <laughs> no, but look, I, I, I also just in, um, to elaborate as well, there are resources out there and uh, as you and most people here in LA know as well, there, you know, if you're looking for work, there's there's websites like Stuff Me Up, and 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 there's there's probably dozens of these sites where you can you know at least see what what is you know before you even move here, you can actually see the kinds of work that's been advertised. Uh, again, it depends on what you're coming here to get into. Uh, there's a different, as you know, there's a very different approach if you're wanting to just pay the bills, uh, get this kind of work. If you're looking to get into documentary, if you're looking to get into reality, this is the path you take. If you're looking to get into scripted, you might go down the assistant route or whatever it is. There's different paths, but it is all relationships. Uh, I want to hear more about your work and especially the project that you worked on recently. This uh, TV series or scripted TV series for the own network, David Makes Man, that was honored with a Peabody Award. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, man. You, we were part of it. Um, yeah, man. I want to, you know, I want to hear your experience on it. Tell us more about the show. And also, I'm interested in just kind of how you got connected with that project. Uh, well, I got connected with it. Um, I was, this was, <laughs> this was a case of hustling for six years none of that uh mattering in this situation i was at the right place at the right time and i i think i just gave a good interview uh it came through my agent the 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 show was already shooting and had two amazing editors on board um and they were running quite behind in their episodes and they were looking for a third editor to come in that show was unusual in that it uh, it shot in blocks, meaning for anyone who doesn't know, it's not unusual in TV land uh, in that they, you know, they might do one director might direct two episodes in a row, for instance. This one, uh, but then generally speaking in scripted, uh, an editor will do one episode at a time. In this case, they were shooting blocks of three. So a director would come and do a whole block of three and the editor would also do that entire block. And they were running a little bit behind and I they needed someone to kind of come in and not only catch up, <laughs> but deliver in a really quick amount of time. Uh, I was in the right place at the right time. Um, I was able to get the interview and I just totally connected to them. I loved the, – the show is um, – Created by uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney, who you know is known for for Moonlight. He co-wrote Moonlight on his. Uh, it's loosely based on his own own life, uh, and the David Makes Man is also in that same realm. And I obviously, like everybody, you you read Terrell's work and you are like transported. So I read the script and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I really want this job. Don't want it too hard because then you will give a terrible interview. So you kind of you soak it all in and then you you have to kind of, well in my case, I have to almost distance myself a little bit because otherwise I'm just feeling too much pressure. So I just connected with the producers and with the post producers and uh, as a human being and didn't talk about the work too much and, and it just led to a really good interview and uh, and that's how I got the job. Uh, I started immediately, like the next day, and I—I'll be honest. This was one of the, uh, yeah. This was this was a tough slog for me. The first month, I had not. It was actually my first scripted TV show. I'd only done features up to that point, and I there was a lot that I needed to learn about how 
there's certain ways that the television works that's slightly different than than features, uh, and we can get into all of that. But uh, what I didn't know, on top of the fact that the production was running behind, on top of uh, the edit was running behind, on top of the fact that I had no prep time, on top of the fact that uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, had a very short window to edit in in to begin with, I, it was was very very daunting and. Um, yeah, I freaked out. The two first two weeks was, I'll be honest, I was like, I, every night my wife would would be like, you, you you got this, you know, and I'd be like, the other editors on this show are amazing. Big shout out to Avril Bukes and uh, Sarah Reeves who are amazing. And I, I, all I kept telling myself was just do the work, just do the work. And also reminding myself, I feel this way at the beginning of most big projects. I feel like I do, it's 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 overwhelming. There's just so much, and in this case, I had three episodes, three hour long episodes. Boom, boom, boom. Just do the work. Just keep doing the work. Just keep doing the work. Just get the goddamn assembly out of the way. Uh, I don't know about you. I hate the assembly. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> and I know that once I've got that assembly, then Sasha can 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 begin to work. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and and look, I, I got through that assembly, and then things all changed for me overnight. I got the confidence. I saw the episode. The first time I sat down to watch the episode, uh, I don't know, I don't know what it's um, like for you, but sometimes you watch it and you go, "Oh my god, this is <laughs> awful." In this in this uh, case, it was one of the first times I've, I've watched something, and and the big big part of this is because of Dana Reed who who uh, directed the episodes. It was it totally you know really worked, and and obviously great writing and amazing performances on this show. Oh, talk about talk about not having to fix a lot. Like uh, Killy McDowell, who 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 who's the lead? He's a young kid. He'd never done anything up to this point, nothing of note, and this is his first. Anyone who hasn't seen the show, just tune into the first episode, even if you're just curious. Oh, it's on HBO Max. Just to watch this kid, he's amazing. Um, and uh, and yeah, I just got through that first spell, and uh, once I once I got to watch it for the first time, it gave me the confidence to go. Okay, now I can start doing all the refining that I do that gives that makes me connect to the material because the assembly never I never feel connected I feel like it's I feel like I'm 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 in mud up to my neck and I'm just trying to walk forwards that's how I feel on on any of these projects and so yeah that's what that's what that's what the initial experience was like for me uh the first uh, that all ch- like my my whole experience changed on that once I watched that for the first time, and then it's, people started to see it. It was an amazing experience. I'm not quite sure what to what to tell you about it, but just incredible. Uh, let me say this: showrunner D. Lawrence and 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 Terrell. Uh, uh, this is going to sound like an ass kissing session, but it really I've worked on I've worked on a lot of projects. I counted them once, well over 200 projects, and in that amount of projects. There's a very, very, very small percentage where everybody on the production is amazing. You really want to give your best work. The reason why I was feeling the way I was is because I really wanted to give my best work. And that came from the top. And it continued as I got to know them. The show shot in Florida. So I really didn't meet D, uh, the showrunner and, and Terrell until after the director's cut when they finally got back and the show had finished shooting. 
And working with everybody all the way through to the sound mix was, it was a collaboration. They were extremely open. Uh, it made me want to do my best work. It made me want to bust my hump. And I know the other, other editors felt the same way. They had something to prove because they believed in the material. They believed in um, in the people they were working for. They really wanted to, <laughs> you know, I, I hear horror stories of really awful showrunners and awful experiences on productions. And I never understood it because I wanted to bust my ass for this person. And I gave everything because they were so amazing. They were collaborative. They were creative. They were respectful. It, uh, it's, it's, it was a dream project. And season two is around the corner. So I'm looking forward to connecting with everybody again. Yeah, I think that's a better way to put it. I think what I do know and what I've seen is that you always try to give your best. Like I can, you can see it. And so that's, I think, more so than anything. And of course, you work really, really hard to do that. Um, any though at those moments though that say wait maybe you faced on this project or any other project where you probably are walking into a heavy workload might just be a situation you walk into besides having your your wife's support and cheering you on <laughs> but what is there certain things that you maybe tell yourself things you do you know even that at home or at the office or strategies you you apply to kind of yeah. help you break through Maybe that initial heavy workload? Well, the simple answer is I've learned that I'm going to feel that way and that I need to just keep moving. Just keep doing what I know to do. It's that simple. And there's going to be certain scenes that are going to kick your ass and there's going to be certain scenes that are, certain scenes that are like butter. They just, they're easy, you know. And it doesn't matter what you're cutting, you just keep moving forward. And that's, it's that simple. You, you know, uh, I've learned that I'm going to feel this stress. I'm going to feel this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to feel this. I can't do it. I, I honestly had days on, on Dave Makes Man, and I don't mind sharing this because I feel like if, some, if I'd heard someone say this <laughs> to me beforehand, maybe it would have made me feel better. I, I remember the first day my, I watched Sarah and Avril's cuts of the early episodes, and I went, Oh my God, I am way over. I cannot, I don't know where I'm going to start to, to, to get this kind of work. And every day I would just do the work and yes, I would get stressed and yes, I would freak out every once in a while, I'll be honest, but I just did the work and I got to a point where I was like, oh yeah, I got this. I got this. I've totally got this. And then I get to a point where I'm like, oh, now I can start putting my, my flavor on it. And now I can start trying to prove something. Now I can start really making this mine, you know. And that definitely happened on this. And it's happened on every project that I felt freaked out about. Uh, will it happen again? Absolutely, it's going to happen again. I know that. That's kind of comforting. Does it happen more on some projects uh, uh, more than others? Yes. Yes, it does. I find the ones I really care about, I, I, I think I, I, I do my own head in. I, I kind of I give myself a uh, – I put myself into this – tizzy about it um, because I really want to, I want to show, I want to contribute. That's really what it comes down to, Akeen. I really want to contribute to the world and I want to contribute through my work. I want to not be the weak link in this chain to make this show. I want this show to be amazing and not fall apart because of me. So uh, to answer your question, um, what I told myself each day was just do the work, just keep doing the work. You've gone through this before. 
It's going to happen again. You're not going to be fine until you're fine. So just do the work. Yeah. And then you start to feel the very familiar feelings and you're like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that even pushes you, right? You're like, yeah, here we go. Oh, man. When, <laughs> when that hits, when that hits, oh, man, that's the best. And then, and then, the, then the show starts editing itself. Uh, any producers listening, that's actually not the case. <laughs> Uh, Sasha, I know that you are someone that seeks creativity outside the cutting room. You're a photographer. You do some amazing work. I mean, I've seen it. Um, you've have done some uh, children's programming with your wife. Um, I've, I've gone, uh, you've, I mean, you work a lot with her and, and she's a actress, a performer. You, so you collaborate a lot with her and you do, uh, you know, you take on other creative endeavors. Talk about why is it important to also find creativity in, in, in through other mediums and to not just simply in the cutting room. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, this might be controversial, but I don't think of myself as an uh, editor. I just think of myself as a creative person. Um, I was about to say artist and then I realized how pretentious that sounded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need a creative outlet. And for me, I seek out this other, these other creative outlets uh, and they're vitally important even when I'm on a big project. During David Makes Man, I was in the middle of a, uh, a huge portrait, um, uh, photography portrait like project that was continuing all throughout that. So I need that because it, it gives me a shift in focus. It, it allows me to remember to be creative for creativity's sake and not be just so stuck on one path. I need it. Uh, it's, and, and it can be photography, it can be filmmaking, it can be, you know, whatever it is, you know, I know it's different for everybody. In my case, the last few years, it's mainly been photography. And as you pointed out, I did a, a kid's YouTube show with my wife, but even then, like occasionally my wife and I would just be like, let's go and make a little film, uh, not even to show people. Or I worked. I, I created a documentary uh, with with a producer friend of mine like a year ago, and I'm doing that while simultaneously while working. And I, I don't do it to prove something. I do it because I kind of need to. I need to be creative. I need to again contribute in some way, and I also just need to connect with just the yeah. I I guess I just need to connect with my creative side. <laughs> I don't know if I'm being very clear with that, but it's it it, it just comes down to. I, I find it a priority, so I really put the energy into it. For sure. It's very important to my editing. Let me let me be clear about that. Some people might be like, well, you're shifting your focus from editing. You're not getting the full effect. I Actually, it's the opposite. If I'm not doing something else creative, my editing is not nearly as good. And I will argue with anyone if, like, I you, you said it yourself, I bust my ass when I'm on a job and I create. Because it's, I think it helps. Sasha, hey man, I want to say thank you, man, for 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 doing this, and I also want to, again, take the time, you know, to thank you uh, for the stuff you've taught me. I mean, you certainly, you know, the time I assisted you, I learned a lot. I mean, I was starting out. I mean, I think you gave me my first job as an assistant uh, here in LA on a on a feature film, you know, on a union feature. So you took a chance, man. <laughs> I hope it worked out. You're the best man for the job, man. You were amazing. I lo- I can't believe that if that was your first feature, that I can't believe that. I didn't I didn't even remember that fact. If that's true, no, you were amazing, man. And 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 in terms of uh, people. You're, you're good people. You're good to be around. And uh, it's, that's a very important thing in the edit room where, where it's also 
uh, pressured and uh, and and uh, intimate, you know. So thanks for everything you did for me on that production and, and continue to do, man. You're 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 a good sort, as you as we would say in Australia. Nice, man. Well, thanks, man. I hope I hope now that we can edit now on a, on a project together. That'd be that'd be cool, man. But I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, man. Thanks for everything, dude. I learned a lot from you, and uh, I'm just uh, you know happy that you were able to be here, and we could have a little a chat. Uh, had been a while. Uh, can people see your work anywhere or more find out more about you? Sure. Uh, well, they can check out my photography work on my Instagram, which is Sasha Dylan Bell uh, photo, Sasha Dylan Bell photo. Uh, and yeah, I guess I've got an editing website, which is a totally boring thing to guide people to, but that's stbedits.com. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you very much, Sasha. Have a good rest of your day. Uh, take some awesome pictures. Can't wait to see those. And dude, uh, we'll hang out soon, hopefully. Hopefully. Thanks, mate. Great to hear more about Sasha's experience of moving from Australia to the U.S. to pursue an editing career in feature films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. Certainly some great advice there, not only for people living abroad, but also those that are in the U.S. trying to jumpstart or advance their careers in post-production. Thanks again for listening to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Let your friends and colleagues know about this show by sharing this episode and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We totally appreciate your help and getting the word out about this show to the post-production community around the world. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, the creator of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program. I'll see you next time.